I, mean, I don't I don't know all the statistics and stuff like that, but I'm saying if you're in an abusive relationship where the guy has been getting away with it for years with never any consequences, that it's and then you wind up murdered, it's likely that it was that guy who had been abusing you who did it. Hello and welcome to Here in L.A., still the Hollywood edition. As you know, I am trying to travel around every neighborhood in L.A. and talk with the people. Simple enough, right? Well, just like the Lotus Eaters, I'm stuck in this beautiful oasis called Hollywood. Today we're talking with a business owner, a tour guide, an OJ expert, and a man running for governor of California. By the way, are you running for governor? Would you like equal time to be on this podcast? Dozens of people are listening. If so, hit me up at Tony at TonyPierce.com and I'll grill you about this janky recall election and we'll discuss why you think you should invalidate the landslide election Governor Newsom had just a few years ago. <laughs> Am I editorializing? In the meantime, let's welcome the man who is on his candidate profile just wrote two words and the second one was you. Hey everybody, I am here with a very special guest, such a special guest that we were supposed to have been finished with Hollywood, but I'm going to have to make an exception because I'm here with Adam Papagan. Papagan. Papagan? Yeah. What kind of name is Papagan? Uh, well, it was originally Papagna, it was Italian, and it was Americanized to be uh, Papagan. And the reason I'm talking with you, Adam, is you're running for governor. Yeah, I am. You're on the ballot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're also on the guide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of weird that they gave me the guide a couple days after I voted already. Yeah, it's, you know, what what I can tell you from just my limited experience in politics is that it's a big mess (laughs) and um, no one knows what they're doing, really. Um, It's a huge bureaucracy. Every everything that that they always complain about, about government being inefficient, like it's true, like it's. You have to do like turn in all the paperwork in person. So like if you're unless you're like rich and you can pay somebody to go or you can take off work, like you can't even get your paperwork in. It's like and then this other thing, too, is like, you know, one of the complaints about the recall is everyone like, oh, it's going to cost all this money, whatever. What would all these people at these county registrar recording offices be doing? Like, what do they do when there's not an election? You know what I mean? I say put them to work. So these aren't full time employees? No, they are. And I think that they just chill. So where do you think this money's going? They said like three hundred million bucks for this, right? That's what that's the what that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But I think factored into that is stuff like with like those salaries and stuff that they would be paying. Because I don't see really what's what would be so expensive about this. No, I mean, okay, so a ballot you got to print out mm-hmm. a couple hundred million ballots. Yeah, you got to mail the stuff out. But isn't mailing free? Oh well, the mailing is federal is the post office. So you got to pay. State. You, you got to pay Biden. Yeah. Okay, so maybe the mailing's not free. But still, wouldn't you think that the the state of California has its own printing press? Yeah, or like like if, if they can just, you know, throw away $275 million on this, where's the affordable housing? Where is the the desalinization plant? Like where like like if they just have this money to burn, why are we in this position in the first place? I think I should be clear to the people 
that we have a bit of a relationship. Yeah. We first, I think we first met when you wanted to borrow my OJ Simpson helmet. Yeah. You offered it up actually. Did you put it out there in the world that you needed it? No, people were just once, um, it was an art show. Yeah. 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 That was probably, that was the other media circus. Uh, I was involved in. Was that a circus? Recently. The OJ Museum? Oh, yeah. There are people from all over the media outlets from all over the world covering it. So were you the curator of the OJ yes, Museum? Yes, I was. Okay, yeah. so you were the curator of the OJ Museum. I happen to have an autographed OJ helmet mm-hmm. that is funny. But also when I was a kid, OJ was a big deal for black kids. Yeah. And so I, 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 I guess I reached out to you. Yeah, several people did around that time once the word started to get out. And they're like, hey, I got this if you want. Because people have been saving this, this stuff for decades. And what's it going to do on my shelf? This was the purpose of all this stuff that was saved was to go into this exhibit. Yes. Maybe we'll do a 50th anniversary, you know, in, oh, in, God. in a few decades. But other than that, yeah, this was the time for this to be seen. So I loaned public. it to you and you were nice about it. You took care of it. Mm-hmm. I think you wiped the dust off of it. Mm-hmm. And then later I just sold it to you. Yeah. You were generous enough to make me an offer I couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. And thank you for buying my OJ helmet. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, it's a fun, <laughs> it's a funny little artifact to, to have. It is funny. Mm-hmm. It is funny. So anyhow, um, we know each other. Yes. So, okay. So now let's go to this uh, recall ballot. You have um, a two-word, a two-word description or two-word... What would you call that? Oh, it's called a candidate statement. You have a two-word statement. Mm -hmm. Would you like to recite it? Yes, it says, love you. (laughs) And that's the letter you, not the word you. Um, Do you often use just the letter you? When I'm texting people, yeah, all right, yeah, why not? I want to be casual. Because here's the thing, um, the the voter guide is $25 a word. So I could have written out a very nice paragraph laying out what my concerns are about California, what I think should be done, why I think I wouldn't be the worst choice, but that would have cost me $6,000. Wow. And I'm already in $4,200 on the filing fee for this. The, so just, just to get your, your hat in the ring. Yes. Four grand. Yeah. And now what's interesting about the fact that they want to charge you per word is there's a lot of blank space here. I know. So again, what's the justification for limiting the speech of these people who've paid their four grand? Well, I, I was actually thinking, once this is over, I'm gonna hit up um, some state, some people in the state assembly, and I'm gonna be like, hey, like this is BS. Like, w- let's get a law or something. Let's get this on the ballot. Now, those people are probably not gonna want to make it easier for people to get on the ballot. So mm. I'm gonna run into some challenges there. Right. But um, this is actually a cause that I think I might be able to do something about as a candidate. I'll be honest, I'm not crazy about the recall as it is now. I, I don't think it's fair that a guy can win by millions of votes and end up losing the governorship a couple months later to a guy who never even gets a million votes. I mean, God bless you, and you might win. I'm not going to win. Okay, but if you if you could win, you're not going to get four million votes. The, the person who... Right. who you that's think that's fair? No, that's the system. But do you think it's fair? As governor, would you change that? No, I wouldn't. Because the Secretary of State tried to keep Larry Elder off the ballot. Like, he, like he's their biggest competition. And so they saw competition and the state came in and limited our choice as voters. Like, that's not right. Now, I don't like Larry Elder. I wish he was not running. But 
what if you're on the other side of that? What if Larry Elder was governor and and Gavin Newsom wanted to run and they made it harder for Newsom to run? What was the Secretary of State's reasoning to uh, try to keep him off the ballot? He didn't redact his uh, um, tax returns correctly, which that was that was another ploy to keep people from running because you need five years of tax returns and they have to be submitted in hard copies, two hard copies. So it cost me a hundred dollars to print these out. And then I had to go through and redact. There's two copies, one unredacted, one, not one redacted. And you had to, I mean, I guess I could have done it on the computer and printed out a redacted version, but it was easier just to do it by hand. What do they want you to take off of there? Like your address, your address, your phone number. Um, cause they don't want to have to do it. But that's the reason you submit the blank copy or the the clean copy is so if they need to, they have a copy that they can do it with. So do you think uh, the Secretary of State was was playing partisan politics? Absolutely. Hello. But if it's the rule, the rule. But but Larry Elder was able to sue the Secretary of State and this uh, tax return rule, which they only put in, you know, since Trump in the last couple of years. The judge ruled that that only pertained to a general election, not a recall election. Interesting. Which I mean, that's that's the that's our system. You can't be like, oh, I'm voting no. I just this is not fair, not fair, and then like support other parts of it. You got to call it out. Okay, all the way around. If um, if I was governor, mm-hmm. um, and I listened to people like you, mm-hmm. who I would, I would listen to everybody. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay, fine, have your your crazy recalls, but then allow the governor to be one of the choices. Well, they are changing it actually in okay. future recall elections. So you're okay with that part? Well, no, because that's not the question. The question is, do you want to recall him? And then if you do, these are your choices. Yeah. And by the way, the Democrats could have run a viable candidate. They could have run an alternative candidate. Mm-hmm. Somebody with some name recognition could have run. A prog- I was I was hoping like a, a, a well-known progressive would have thrown their hat into the ring. No one did because they're afraid of crossing the Democratic Party because with the last recall election, Cruz Bustamante, the lieutenant governor, broke rank, broke ranks. He ran not against, he ran, what was the slogan? No on the recall, yes on Bustamante, <laughs> which just confused everyone, ruined his career in politics. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this was their strategy this time. They were going to try to galvanize everyone around Gavin Newsom. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. It's a coin flip at this point. Are you are you saying that you are just learning through this process just how crappy California politics is and election processes are? Or did you always have this suspicion? Well, I always suspected it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the what best way to learn about something is to become it, right? And so I was like... Because the 2003 recall, when that happened, I was in high school and I was like, man, I wish I could be a part of this. This is so funny. All the coolest, like Gary Coleman, Gary Coleman, Gallagher, (laughs) Harry Carey, Angeline. Uh, I think Todd Bridges ran. Um, No, he didn't. No, he was. I'm getting that confused with like celebrity boxing, I think, from the same era. Um, But yeah, politics were different 20 years ago. And um and this time they made it a lot more difficult to get your name on the ballot. And D- difficult, only... difficult. How? Um, well, they... first of all, how many names did you have to get signed? Oh, well, here's some more bullshit for you. Okay. All right. So if you don't want to pay the filing fee, you can get a certain number of signatures and then they'll waive the filing fee. That number is 7,000 signatures. So it's just, it's cheaper just to go just pay the filing fee. The, um, the, the, the the time period you have to collect these um, signatures that go against your filing fee, it's called, they're called in lieu of um, signatures. 
that they certified the they certified the recall whatever July 1st July 2nd you could go pick up the paperwork had to be picked up in person at your county registrar um, every county has a different one so if you're going to be you know campaigning in multiple counties you need different paperwork going to different people the registrar office was closed the 3rd the 4th and the 5th for 4th of July and then they were due you know the 6th by 5 p.m. when they close uh, luckily, now this was, and they pretty much confirmed this at the registrar recorder. They're like, oh, this is pretty shady. Like they're doing this to like <laughs> prevent people from like, they're not even going to know about this. Cause then if you miss this, the day on the second to pick up the paperwork, you only have the sixth to get it picked up, get your 65 signatures and get them. You need a minimum of 65 signatures. Um, so I ended up getting like 80 something and then they prorate it against the filing fees. So they're worth like 40 cents a piece. It's like, it's a, it's an insult, honestly. <laughs> Um, but I was able to do it, and what they weren't counting on was all of the 4th of July parties that I was able to hit up. And I would get, you know, 10 signatures here. I drove around all day, though, um, that week, both the, both days that weekend. Had to take off work, you know, but um, meeting with friends and, and supporters, and, and it was a good thing. Like, if you're not willing to pound the pavement, you probably aren't qualified to be governor. If you're, like, not willing to actually talk to people who are, like, you know, want to know stuff. Um, no, granted, these are all people who, you know, are already like want to hear what I have to say and supporting this. Um, but yeah, no, it was 65 signatures and then the filing fee. And then there's a lot of um, paperwork. Originally I was going to um, try to do it a little more serious and um, open a campaign bank account and try to raise money. But then once you put, since it was 90 days before the election, once you put more than a, I think it's $500, $100, dollars more than a hundred dollars, into your this account, you're supposed to report it to the Fair Political Practices Commission within 24 hours, and I didn't do that, so I'd have to open another account. And then there's like all this paperwork, Form 460, that you have to do all this accounting, which is good because, you know, politicians basically use these political committees as their own little kind of piggy bank. I'll talk about more about that in a second. <laughs> um, so I decided just to spend less than $2,000. Filing fee doesn't count, but I said spend less than 2000 just to cut down on the amount of paperwork I would have to do. So, so maybe this is one reason that political parties thrive. So, well, so a political party is allowed to raise and spend as much money as they want. So if, if you're the Democratic Party and you have donors, you know, it could be anybody, then you could spend as much as you want fighting the recall. Or I know that there's GOP money from outside of the state coming in supporting the recall efforts in the first place. But that's the rules. That's the law. Don't get mad at me. Like, that's how it is. It's like... I'm so mad at you, Adam. It's not... A, but people are like... Like, oh, these loopholes. So it's like, no, it's not a loophole. Like, that is what the law says. It's like in black and white. You can look. They have webinars about it. Okay, where'd you grow up? Here in West L.A. Uh, what high school? Uni? Palisades High School. Pally High. Mm -hmm. Did you have to take a long commute to get out there? Yeah, I would walk up to Westwood. I'd take the number two bus down Sunset Boulevard. So, and then I'd, uh, after school sometimes, I'd take the bus further down Sunset to Amoeba, buy records, Clash Records, Dave Kennedy's <laughs> records, Phil Oaks records. You're that young that you were going yeah. to Amoeba Records mm -hmm. in high school. Yeah. How old I'm, are you? I'm 33. Okay. This was an amazing era, though, the mid-2000s for, for record collecting. That's when iPods came out. 
and everyone's like, oh, records, I don't need this anymore. And everyone got rid of their record collections and records were literally Amoeba had boxes of free records and Beatles records, Stones records, like good stuff, like the best, like the best music ever made for free. You could just have it. <laughs> so I had as a, in high school, I had hundreds and hundreds of records and I had like an inbox kind of I'd get more and I wouldn't re-listen to anything until I'd knock out one of these other things. Would you record them to put them on your uh, iPod? I had music on my iPod as well. Like I would download and stuff like yeah. that. But the records were more just like a, it almost wasn't even like for enjoyment. It was just for like, okay, I need to know what this is. Like I need to hear this record. I need to know about this. What radio station were you listening to? Indie 1031. That was a, such a great one. Yeah, it was good. Were you listening to Jonesy's Jukebox? Oh yeah, of course. Was Rollins on uh, Indie? I maybe originally and then he's on KCRW now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like his taste in music though. It's It's too eccentric for you? Yeah, it's it's too. I mean, I like, I like just regular music. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like K Surf was the best radio station in L.A. R.I.P. K Surf. There's an AM station that just went off the air a couple years ago. I'm um, about why, a year ago. Why does maybe because AM? I just yeah blew it off. It was oldies. Oldies are new again. Just straight up oldies, like true oldies, like 50s, 50s. 60s, and 70s. Yeah. Oh, K Earth. No, K Surf. K Surf. Yes. So it's like what K Earth used to be. Yeah. Because I've recently heard K-Earth, and it's playing, like, 80s and 90s music. Yeah, when Michael Jackson died, they started playing Michael Jackson, and then that kind of shifted the format. Well, it made me feel incredibly old to think that <laughs> 80s and 90s music is oldies, you yeah. know? Uh, I want Bill Haley in the Comets. Yeah. I want, you know, oldies Buddy Holly. Goodies. Right, mm -hmm. right. Um, okay, so you were listening to AM, ra AM radio, getting vinyl for free, mm -hmm. riding the number two bus. Yeah. Did you like going to Pally High? Yes. What, 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 you, you seem excited about that. Well, I never thought about if I liked it or not because I didn't have a choice, right? Um, well, most people don't like their high school. No, this high school was not like a high school from TV where there's like bullies and stuff. It was by the beach. Everybody chilled with everybody. Like the most popular kids in our high school were like in the drama department. It's LA. You know what I mean? Were you in drama as no, well? No. What were you into? No, no. Were you in any clubs, sports? No. None of that. No, no. Were you shy? No. You just didn't want to do any of that? I'm not a joiner. Were you good at school? I was good enough. I knew I wasn't, I was going to go to junior college anyway first to kind of see if I liked it. You knew that early on? Yeah. What junior uh, college did you go to? Santa Monica College. Isn't that a great school? Yeah. I went there too. Yeah, it's a good school. Uh, I, I went there, and this is something I would love the governor to take a look at. Mm -hmm. I went there in 1984. Um, it was $5 a unit until you got to $50 and then they put a cap on it. Wow. So I would take all of my required courses cause I was on maybe the same track that you were. If you do X, Y, and Z, then you can go to a UC. Mm -hmm. And so I took my required classes every quarter and that added up to like 50 bucks. But then I also took guitar lessons, mm -hmm. tennis, uh, cinema, which were all like one and two unit courses, basically for free. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, as a 19-year-old, 18-year-old, that was a far better experience for me educationally than anything I could have ever imagined and anything better than when I went to UC Santa Barbara because it was a truly diverse um, set of classes I was taking. And the argument back then was if a family raises a kid named Adam in, in the West Side, for 18 years, they have paid in enough to the state yeah. that junior college should be basically free. Mm -hmm. 50 bucks to me is free. Yeah, 
I paid more for parking at SMC <laughs> than I did for tuition, which kind of makes sense. And it, and it and it I think it forces people to to reconsider um, driving to school and all that stuff, and maybe using the, the the bus system. Which, by the way, the big blue bus, fantastic. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, it's kind of a Bernie Sanders AOC kind of a thing, but should it be that if you pay into your state for 18 years, you really shouldn't have to pay for a state school? Well, I'll tell you what, because like, I don't like the notion that everyone should just go to school and that's the answer. And if you go to school, you'll get a good job because obviously that's not the case. I mean, <laughs> look at me like, um, <laughs> what do you mean? Look at you. I can't get a job. Where am I going to get a job? But you, you, you have your own company. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what you have to, if you don't want to be a wage slave, like you have to start your own company because any wage you get paid, your employer is getting more value out of you than the wage that they're paying. Otherwise it wouldn't make sense for them to pay you the money. So just to keep some self-respect and, you know, I gotta, I gotta be an entrepreneur and, and do my own thing. Um, but I don't like the notion that like, oh yeah, yo, just go to college. That's your problem. You haven't gone to enough college. That's, that's why you can't afford that house. You didn't go to college. So well, I tell you what there shouldn't be is people going into debt, tens of thousands of dollars that they're never able to get out of just to go to college because they've been sold like any institution. Colleges are like, oh, the government is going to subsidize this. Yeah. It's uh $40,000 a year now. So, sorry, that's just, you know, which when I was in college, when I was at UCLA, I remember very distinctly sitting in some class and I was just like, why is this so expensive? Like you can go see five bands for a $10 that they traveled here from the East Coast. And like, like, why don't they just sell drinks at college? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that cover the thing? Like why? This is just a room. This is just event space. Why does this cost? You don't even get food for free. You're just some guy or gal talking like why is it so expensive? It's inflated. The costs are inflated. So yeah, it should be free, of course, but it shouldn't. It's one of those things where it's like systemically it's a bad it's we've we've been sold a bill of goods. What else is on your list? Drought. The drought. No plan. Not even Chewy Newsom has got a plan about the drought. Well, you said earlier, um, uh, desalinization. Yes, that's the only that's the only thing that makes sense. Has a desal worked in the state so far anywhere? That, well, it's too expensive. It's too environmentally this. It's too. There, there's just a lot of excuses about it. Though they might might all be true, but the bottom line is, it's getting hotter every day. There's no rainfall coming. Us taking shorter showers is not going to do it. Meanwhile, there's an ocean. 10 miles from where we're sitting right now that's filled with water. You're telling me that the fifth largest economy in the world, the capital of technology and innovation and, and culture and, and entertainment, like there's no one here can figure this out. No one at uh, UCLA, no one at Cal Poly, no one at MIT. We can't farm out some of this to, to Michigan or Massachusetts, see what you know what they're doing. When, when I was in college in Santa Barbara, there was a, a giant trout mm -hmm. and they built a desal place there because Santa Barbara had the money for it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it was built, it rained like crazy for a couple of years mm -hmm. and they didn't seem to need it. I feel like they've turned it on a few times since then. Some of the wealthier cities in California, coastal cities have like been doing it, but, but like it, like that's, that's the answer guys. Like, and, and so the critics say that it's, it's, it's bad for the environment to turn it on because it, it needs energy to, to work. Yeah. But everything needs energy. So then get greener energy. Like I don't like, 
I'm, I'm not saying that this is going to be easy, but I'm, I'm telling you what needs to be done. Like, like somebody on was hassling me on Twitter. They were like, you need numbers, you need budgets. And I was like, look, if you're, if your roof is leaking and you call the roofer, yeah, he could explain to you, he's going to use tar and he's going to get a new shingle. But the bottom line is he's going to go, yo, there's a hole in your roof and this is what it's going to cost to fix it. And if you don't fix it, there's just going to be a hole in your roof forever. And then all your stuff is going to get ruined. Should we give up on almonds? Yeah. I, that's actually something I've thought for a long time. What about uh, cows? Hmm, there's probably there's probably more efficient places with more water where we could be growing rice. Like we should not be growing rice in California. I didn't know we did. Yeah, some, and some it's not. It's, you know, it also depends on like what's going to be profitable for the farmers and stuff. Right. But rice, you know, it's got to like sit in a thing of water. Like that's how like they grow it. Uh, be- because uh, also too. You know, because agriculture uses a lot more water than, you know, my morning shower. Um, and also, I need to shower so I can smell good, so I can interact with people and, and people want to talk to me and I can get these ideas out there or whatever. Crazy idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that we definitely can be doing agriculture a lot more efficiently. Um, and, yeah, that's going to mean factory farms and that's going to mean, you know, big agricultures. But, like, that's how you feed millions and millions of people. Farm to table is great. Yeah, the food tastes better. It's more better for the environment. Um, it, it's more uh, humane on the animals and stuff. But that's not how you feed millions and millions of people who, by the way, have less money in their pockets than ever. More of their money is going to healthcare and housing and transportation, all these other things. So, you know, if you can get a, a foot long sandwich for five bucks, like, you got to do it. You got like, to make something cheaper. What else is on your list? Uh, political transparency, political literacy, teaching people about how messed up the political system is. That's something I actually maybe can make a difference on. So what kind of transparency are you talking about? Uh, I mean, I, I would like a candidate who, and this goes beyond just like the financial stuff. What I think really lost, going back to 2016, I don't want to get into all Trump and stuff, but what really lost it for Hillary Clinton is she couldn't just be like, guys, I get it. I'm a mom. I want to make things better. It was all just these talking points and misdirection and everyone felt like they were being lied to all the time. And so when Trump comes on and he's like, yeah, I don't care about anyone. Everyone's like, oh, he's telling the truth, actually. That's refreshing. He really doesn't care. That's pretty cool. Not that he doesn't care, but that he's at least being honest with us. About that. Yeah. But then then he gets, because he didn't, I don't think he thought he was going to win. And then so he gets. Neither did Hillary. Right. Which is probably why Hillary took the tack that she did. Right, exactly. And then once you get chewed up by the political system and it's like, oh, I have to find someone I appeal to so I can keep this money coming in and I can keep all these all these favors I've promised to people. I need to keep that going. And then you get him like supporting Proud Boys and it's, you know, it's, so, it's so, bad. It's bad. This is a bad way to do it. We saw what happened when people are forced to lie to stay into politics. And and this is what happened. So is, is the simple solution then that corporations are not people, they should not be allowed to donate money and people should have a cap on how much money that they donate is it is it that easy there needs to be a well rank choice voting which by the way that's just going to become how it is so anybody fighting this seems like everywhere they try it they like it and it 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 actually brings some excitement to the race they they used i I think they still do that for the oscars for best picture over do they i think so i never heard of it the process even until relatively recently last couple years 
um, when we're having all these situations where people are forced to choose between two candidates that they hate. So, so, so spell it out to people who aren't familiar. Okay, so rank, rank choice voting is you get to pick up like a first choice, a second choice, and a third choice. And then so they tally up all the first choices, and then they have a running, and then they tally up all the second choices, and then it can change. So that way, if you are like, well, you know, I don't really like Gavin Newsom, but I don't want Larry Elder to be the governor. So I better vote for Kevin Paprath because he's a Democrat and a Republican would be horrible. You know, whatever. You could be like, be like, well, you know, I don't want Larry Elder, but I actually like this Adam guy, but he's probably not totally qualified. He's a little young. He's got some good ideas, but I'll put him as my second choice. First choice would be no. Second choice would be Adam. Third choice would be Dan Kapelovitz, uh, whatever. Angeline's um, not even in your imaginary list. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, I'll tell you what, she's, um, she's very frugal, so she would be able to... Uh, she could balance the budget. She would be able to balance the budget. Yeah, she'd get somebody to pay. She'd get somebody, some rich guy. She would. <laughs> she'd get some old man in Ventura to like foot the bill for the whole thing. So actually, yeah. The, the, the horny old men. Uh, uh, Constituency. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Thank you. I would actually appoint, if I was governor, I'd, I'd give Angeline something. So, something uh, public facing. But basically in this rank thing, if you got enough second place, eh, fuck it, votes, mm -hmm. you might win. Right. If there, if there wasn't a, a strong number one leader leader. Which usually there isn't now. It's just like, because like a Democrat is just set up to win in California. That's in, in, a, in a regular general in a, in election. In a general election, yeah. Which, which I guess your argument would be that these recalls are more fair because the state is so blue. Yes, because we basically have a one party state here. Which is not working because hello, everything's so expensive and like there's homeless people everywhere and there's droughts and fires and like you cannot tell me that California is working. You cannot tell me that. You can tell me that Larry Elder is bad. You can tell me that maybe Gavin Newsom got dealt a bad hand. That's politics, but whatever. But you can't tell me that California is awesome and everything's going really well here. And we're the most democratic state. We're the leading state. If this is all Democrats have to offer for this next generation, no opportunity, no choice, no options. What does that spell out for the rest of the country and the rest of the world? Let me play devil's advocate for just a second. Yeah. As long as you've been alive, mm -hmm. there's been more Republican leaders of California. Duke Majin was a Republican. Okay. From 83 to 91. Oh, wow. Um, it, was, it was Reagan, then Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown was... Oh, well, Jerry, Governor Moonbeam. Moonbeam, uh, his second term was from 75 to 83. So there was a Democrat before, while you were being conceived, maybe. Mm. Um, Duke Majin from 83 to 91, Republican. Okay. Pete Wilson, definitely Republican. Yeah. Uh, 91 to 99. Gray Davis. Yeah. Uh, 99 to 03, so a very short term. Mm -hmm. Then Anad from uh, 2003 to 2011. Then Jerry Brown and then Newsom. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is that- It's been it, about half and half. I think with years, though. Mm -hmm. Well, California used to be very solidly, reliably Republican. What do you, what made it change? I don't know. Do you think the Latinos uh, voting more and no? Well, Hollywood got more like, like I think just uh, culture as a whole. California got more liberal, and that became the flavor of the month. Then, like, well, and also maybe this stupid money you're talking about. Yeah. Well, if if Hollywood plus tech is liberal, if yeah. Um, then that's where the money is. And so that's, they have to go to. Yeah. 
Um, and, and maybe and maybe not enough outside the state GOP money has come in to fight it. I think they just figure it's a lost cause here because the only way a Republican would ever win statewide office again in California is in a recall situation like this. That's how Arnold got in. But again, don't you think that that's unfair? Because you're 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 preying on the 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 fact that people are super lazy in recall elections and don't go out to vote. Mm -hmm. Don't you want but, don't you want the average person in the state to be represented? Well, they 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 can sign the recall petition if they want to, and then and they get a vote and they actually get two votes. They get yes or no, and they get their backup thing. And you're making it sound like the only the only options in a recall are a Democrat incumbent and a Republican challenger. A Democrat could run in this recall. A, a socialist could run in this recall. No one's stopping them from running. What, what I'm saying is, why should why should a Californian have to vote twice for their original person to remain governor? Look, that's just the way it is. But I'm asking, do you think that that's fair? I do. I think that having a, 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 an, a an escape plan is a good thing to have an eject button. Absolutely. Is yes, I think it's a necessary thing to have. Absolutely. And if like the voters are going to decide if it's fair or not. That's the thing is it's not like oh 100 people get to decide all this which actually is in Sacramento. That's not fair that such a few amount of people actually get to make these decisions. What, what how do you what's the solution to that? We need to just have a wider variety of candidates which could lead to in some instability but I think if just like like more like regular people were allowed to run like not <laughs> make it easier politicians. for make it easier for regular people yes then you would get some and ranked choice voting makes them more competitive then you would get some because like i would say the the strongest reason that you should vote for me if if whatever would be that I don't have a bunch of ties to big money and politics. I don't own anybody favors. I'm, I would really be trying to prove something by fixing all of these problems. And My responsibility is to the people. I haven't been corrupted by the political machine yet. You know, I, I interviewed uh, Nithya mm -hmm. and uh, the, I, I, the David uh, Rue, mm -hmm. who, who they're running against each other. Yeah. And I asked them both exactly what is affordable housing? And it was interesting because David only wanted to talk to me through email. Mm -hmm. Fine. Uh, Nithya actually got on the phone with me, which is why she won. Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, that's a great question. I, I've never even really thought about that. And I said, well, I can tell you right now, $1,000 for a one bedroom apartment in Hollywood. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Is affordable. Yeah. And, and if you have your cousin sleeping on the couch and it's you and your girlfriend in the, in the bedroom, it's cramped spaces, but between three of you, mm -hmm. you can kind of pull it off. Yeah. If you're very poor, that's a very poor situation. Yeah. If you're just reasonably poor, mm -hmm. <laughs> because you work at Wendy's, um, maybe you and your girlfriend who both work at Wendy's can afford a thousand dollar apartment. It sucks that we have to go down to that kind of a level, but it, it seems to me that no politician is willing to say it's a thousand bucks. That sounds, I mean, if you want to put a number on it, like, like it used to be, you could just work any job and afford to have a place to live. It's not like that anymore. I have a friend who's in his 50s and uh, he was like, you know, when I was your age, you could get a one bedroom apartment. You can't do that anymore. And I was like, that's the measure. That's there you go right there. That's I know it's anecdotal, but there you go. You can't get a one bedroom anymore. So if I'm a developer, though, mm -hmm. let, let's let's say fifteen hundred. A thousand seems cheap, but shouldn't it be? It. it 
let's just say let's say you you, you don't like that that version of Hollywood of the seventies Hollywood where you could you could be a a struggling you could be Brad Pitt mm-hmm. struggling actor working at a bucks. restaurant yeah that's three hundred dollars a week yeah okay a thousand dollars all right that's affordable thousand dollars for one bedroom otherwise what why why should we be giving all the money to the landlord owners. Right. Well, they're hoarding housing and they're making it so that the rest of us can't have houses because they're artificially decreasing the supply of said houses. Uh, okay. So, okay. A thousand dollars. I like that. Thousand bucks. Okay. Now, um, Larry Elder thinks that minimum wage should be zero dollars. Yeah. Well, he's a psycho. He's a troll. He is a troll. Okay. The two front runners who aren't Newsom are both trolls. What does that say? Who's the, who's the other guy? Kevin Pathrath, I don't the know YouTuber. Him. I don't know him. He's a YouTuber. Is that Meet Kevin? Yes. Meet Kevin is a front runner for Democrats. Yeah, dude. I know people who are like died in the wool Democrats. Or is like, he really I don't a Democrat to. though? No, he's not. He's lying to everyone. But people are so afraid a Republican's going to win. By the way, let's get a little reality check in here. There's another election next year. There's a general election. So anyone who wins the recall is going to have to hang on <laughs> really hard. So Governor Adam would only be able to be governor for a year. Well, I'd have to run again next year. And there's going to be a lot more serious competition next year when the uh, Democratic Party is uh, unbridled and able to go on. I guess I'm so so narrow minded in tunnel vision. I didn't realize this is only for one year. It's only for one year. So this is a waste of money. And the governor in California really doesn't have a lot of direct power. The governor mainly just appoints bureaucrats, which is a problem because they can appoint all their cronies and all that kind of stuff. The state legislator can uh, pass their own budget. They can issue emergency orders. They can rescind emergency orders, um, which is what Arnold was tried to do as a Republican. He's like, Hey, I'm a movie star. Let me try to talk to these people. And maybe I can convince them that we should do some other stuff. And it you know worked. And then, but when he left office, I think he had like a 13% approval rating or something like that. So what's the worst that Larry Elder could do? That's what I'm saying. Well, for the culture war, it's really going to enrage people. But this is the scenario I would like to see. Newsom is crooked. Like, I just, I really don't know how to, like, I I don't know how to vote on this. Because I don't want Larry Elder to be the governor. But also, like, I can't in good conscience, knowing all I know and, and putting my name on the ballot, like I got to vote yes, because I don't think he should be the governor. I think he's a crooked person and we should get him out if if we can. But here's the thing. We have a Republican governor really can't do that much damage. Next year, we can have a much wider field of candidates and there'll be a knee jerk reaction to this ultra conservative governor. We might get a decent progressive in office and then we can get them through rather than being stuck with Newsom for another four years, because as the incumbent, no one's going to if they didn't challenge him in this when it's easy pickings, they're not going to challenge him. Then then we're stuck with him for another four years and the country gets even worse and the state gets even worse. And then maybe after it's even worse, we have somebody like how Jerry Brown had to do come back to just get us back to health. Things were 20 years prior. You don't think that Newsom is looked at as a martyr if he loses this uh, recall and becomes even more powerful? No, I think he's toast because why would you want to give money to a loser? Again, I don't know anything about giving money to politicians. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. But but wouldn't Hollywood think, oh, no, he's not a loser. He got screwed by this weird system. He didn't do anything wrong. So what? He's going to run again next year? Of course. As and then okay, so then it's like the big comeback story. But then if he loses that, then he really is toast. How's he gonna lose? He won by three million votes because he won against a Republican. But he's gonna be running against a Republican next time. Not in the the lead up. Not in the not, right. When but, the primaries. But, but but who who 
who's going to run against him? I don't know. That's the problem. Is he? It's it's his. I don't. I don't think he's going to lose. I mean, I. I don't think he's Karen Bass. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's going to lose unless who's who's that that interesting uh, congresswoman from uh, Irvine. Oh, um, why can't Katie Porter? Right. She could be governor easy. Yeah. Fioragosa, I know he wants to run again. Come on. Yeah. I, I, yeah, but I'm saying like he, <laughs> he... Of course he wants to be. He wants to. I mean, maybe Garcetti can come back from India and everybody yeah. will forget and He's who very he is. unpopular too. Let's talk about your business real quick. You give tours in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Which this podcast is supposedly about Hollywood. Yeah, we haven't talked. I think one one bleep about Hollywood yet. But you give tours about Hollywood and also about OJ. Mm-hmm. The Real Housewives, Curb Enthusiasm. Uh, are you a big fan of those shows? Yeah. Uh, Curbed was filmed mostly on the West Side, though, yeah. right? Brentwood, Santa Monica. Uh, the the um, the, the 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 racist chicken. The the chick. Uh, oh, the Palestinian chicken. Was uh, Westwood Boulevard, Soon, right? Yeah, on uh, Westwood and Santa Monica. Yeah. Used to be Earth, Wind, and Flower. Yes, it did. They still have a location <laughs> on Wilshire. <laughs> Is it good pizza? I've never had no, their pizza. No. It's bad pizza. I got stomachache last time I ate there. It, did he film any of it in Hollywood? No. Um, I saw actually at the Palladium over the summer, they had crew parking for Curb Your Enthusiasm. I saw one of those yellow signs. So maybe in the upcoming season? In the upcoming season, you'll, you might see a little bit of Hollywood. Have you gotten to meet Mr. David? I met him um, in like 2004 when I was a kid. I saw him at the bowling alley in Santa Monica. Uh, on uh, Pico? Yeah. And I love that bowling alley. Yeah, it's closed now. Um, because of COVID? No. It's forever? Not, it's forever? Not business, yeah. No. Um, yeah. Westside has like three bowling alleys over there though. There's one in Mar Vista and there's one in Playa del Rey. So, the Mar Vista one is renova- recently renovated. Yeah. We're bowling nerd section mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been in that? Yeah. Is it great? Mm. The, the Okay, back to the one in Santa Monica, though. Yeah. One reason I liked it. Well, two reasons I liked it. I heard that uh, St. Sinatra used to just totally just hang out there. Oh, that's cool. Because nobody, I guess they, they thought nobody thought that Sinatra would be there. Yeah. So he just loved to bowl there and just hang out. Mm-hmm. But also they would have, um, even though I don't drink Budweiser usually, they had Budweiser bottles shaped as bowling pins. Oh, that's cool. That's very so cool. cool. But it was also just an old school yeah. bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Three blocks from the beach. Yeah. Which is maybe why they sold it. Because that real yeah. estate's got to be incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That breaks my heart. Yeah. That's when I met Larry David. I asked him for his autograph, and he was like, what, are you kidding me? But, like, in a funny way, you know? And gave it to you. Yeah. Beautiful penmanship. Uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Yeah. Do they do anything in in Hollywood, or is it all Beverly Hills? Beverly Hills, uh, West Hollywood. Right. Uh, Pump and all that stuff. Phil Blanca. Phil Blanca closed. That's in Beverly Hills. And then you do your OJ Mm -hmm. tour. So even though you're based in Hollywood, it doesn't sound like you do actually any tours in Hollywood. No, all the tours are in West L.A. And that's okay with you? Yeah, I live in West L.A. I'm from West L.A. But your your business is set up in Hollywood because you have to get tourists who are in Hollywood. No, I just have the office just to have it. That's a great office, by yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. What do you call that courtyard? It's called Artisan's Patio. One of the oldest buildings on the boulevard. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And you even have a security gate. Mm-hmm. So no vandalism there? Somebody broke a window at the for the at the cell phone store, 
over the summer, but no, it's fine. How long have you been at that location? Two, three years, three years, four years. And you're also just a, a few storefronts away from a, gr- talk about records, a great record store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is that guy? Kevin. That record collection that he has is unreal. Yeah. Have crazy. you bought any records from him? They're kind of expensive. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a dollar section person. I have shopped with him in the past, but like, I don't like, I don't really need like a sealed copy of um, Harvest. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> So that, okay, so is is it good to be an artisan court? What do you call that? Artisan's Art- patio. Artisan, <laughs> you say it like I should know it. It's been there for a hundred years. And for a hundred years, I've walked right past yeah. it. Because I, I'm distracted by the stripper shoes mm-hmm. and across the street, um, the pig and whistle. Yeah, um, a lot going on down there. There's a lot. And that's what I'm asking. Do people, are people more like me where they just, totally not think that they should go down that little everything on Hollywood Boulevard is half empty because everyone's just looking at the sidewalk to see if there's any names they recognize on the walk of fame what names are near your Richie Valens is right out front and that was when actually the city of Pacoima raised the money to pay for that one because he's from there mm-hmm. and and nowadays it's it's 50 grand to get a star yeah do you think that's okay it's private. I mean, well, actually, it's not private property. It's public property, isn't it? it Larry Elder has one, you know. I just walked by it the other day. Did you take a picture? A I little did. selfie? Yeah. Did you I really? I a selfie. I just, because I was just, I was just thinking about the recall and stuff. And then I just like looked down and I started laughing to myself. Like, here we go again. I did an article about how you were able to put private stars on public because mm-hmm. they take care of it. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're just part of the Hollywood bid situation. I like it. It's fine. It's fun. Everyone likes it. And, and, and it's good for Hollywood. And so why yeah. not have a private industry pay for these stars? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about OJ real quick. Sure. The glove didn't fit, Adam. It kind of fit. He and faked it? He, took, he stopped taking his arthritis medication. On purpose? Yeah. You're saying that the Dream Team knew that they were going to put a glove on him? The, the Dream Team knew that somebody was going to ask... One side or another was going to ask OJ to put the glove on, and it wasn't going to fit. I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Why should he even? Why should why should the prosecution even try to put the glove on him? Because if they didn't do it, then the defense was going to do it and be like, "See, it doesn't fit." Would you have done that if you were part of the dream team? I wouldn't have put it on him. I would have, well, I would have done anything the Dream Team did because they were successful. So, right. Yeah. Right. What do you think the motive was for OJ to do this? This is why I ask. Yeah. Again, you and I are incredibly handsome men, mm-hmm. but we're not sleeping with a Playboy playmate right now. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not going to kill my ex wife mm-hmm. who I was with when she was 18. Yeah. And now she's in her 30s. No disrespect to 30 year old women. I would, I would die for a 30 year old woman right now. But if we're if we're if we're thinking about the douchey actor guy capable of murder, mm-hmm. obviously was aggressive towards her. Maybe he's over eighteen, or I'm sorry, maybe he's over thirty year old women. Well, OJ's mother was a nurse, and she would leave um, OJ and his siblings to go work at night, and so um, that could be why he has these issues of control around women. And when he met Nicole, this was this young girl who he could groom and control. And when she starts to show an independent side of herself and she breaks up with him and then gets back together with him and then dumps him again, 
it was just too much of a blow to his sense of self and his reality that like if he couldn't continue to control this, he has no control over anything in his life. But but again, she and dumps pissed off. She dumps him, but he's got a really beautiful it's girlfriend. About control. Don't you understand? I don't. You don't understand. It's about control. These, I don't understand control. These kind of like these domestic violence things, it's like a control thing. It's not just about like, man, she's hot. Like he's, he's, he's so pissed. She's going to leave him. He's going to kick her ass. It's like, no, it's about control. And it's about, you know, and it takes, you know, seven or eight attempts usually to get out of a domestic abuse situation like that. And if, if you're a woman, if you're a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they do end in like a murder or murder suicide kind of situation. I, I thought they didn't. I thought they, they, I thought it was violent but it, it rarely ended in murder. In uh, the If I Did It special, I believe Chris Darden says that murder-suicide is... A, I mean, f- the same thing happened to Phil Hartman two years after this. He was the victim. Yeah. In a murder-suicide. Right. In an abusive, alcohol-driven relationship that probably had a lot of verbal abuse, if not physical abuse. I don't know what happened between the two of them. Because I mean, because the woman wanted the control in this relationship and felt shunned that this relationship was ending. Or he was trying to control her and wanted her to be in, you know, this like subservient kind of housewife situation where she wanted to be an actress and she wanted to be equal. Because he was on Howard, she like was on Howard Stern with him. She was just like, yo, I want to be in the interview too. And that, that the eclipse on... On. It's in the. Um, I love Howard. I don't remember this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's in the the 2020, 20 anniversary, 25 anniversary Phil Hartman special. Um, but yeah, no, it was not a good relationship. There was a power imbalance in the relationship. But isn't there usually? Not always. If if you if you're if you're married to a, a huge celebrity, yeah. Unless you're Angelina Jolie, yeah, isn't it usually that kind of a dynamic? Yeah, and then look, and it's a, not a healthy dynamic. It's not. I mean, that's why these all these marriages fail and stuff like that. Yeah, but they don't usually end in 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 a terrible murder. I mean, this was a gruesome murder. The majority of women who are murdered are murdered by an intimate partner. Yes. Now that part, I that part, undebatable. But, yeah. But of domestic abuse victims, mm-hmm. I heard that the number that leads to murder is is very low i I don't i don't know all the statistics and stuff like that but i'm saying if you're in an abusive relationship where the guy has been getting away with it for years with never any consequences that it's and then you wind up murdered it's likely that it was that guy who had been abusing you who did it oj says it was the drug dealers Mm mm-hmm how do you feel about that uh, statement? That's crazy. That's nuts. That sounds like something out of a Hollywood movie. The whole thing's a Hollywood movie. It which is, is why, yeah. You know. Could be. Look, hey, he might not have done it. No one knows. It's a mystery. Is it a mystery? You I mean. You don't seem to think it is. I think, he, I think he probably did it, but I don't know for sure. Nobody knows for sure. Do you think that he did it thinking he would get away with it? Or do you think he yeah. did it not thinking at all? Because it was a true rage moment. No, I think he came up with a stupid half-baked OJ plan of like, (laughs) I'm going to go over there and by the time they discover it, I'll be in Chicago and they won't even know what happened. Now, OJ says in one of the things, or he had, I guess right after the murders had told AC that he was there that night and Nicole answered the door holding a knife and they got into it. But that's, he could just be lying about that. Right. 
You know, he could just be like, yeah, I mean, she had the knife. I had no choice. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I don't really know if that's a credible. And then, of course, in If I Did It, he said he has an accomplice with him. Should I read If I Did It? Do the audiobook because it's read by an OJ impersonator. Is he, is he okay? Yeah, it's great. The juice is coming out tonight. <laughs> like, there's like really there's some great, great quotes in there. Like, when he meets Paula, he's like, who is this gorgeous creature? Like, it's good. Did you watch the ESPN doc and I all watch that? everything. Did you like the ESPN thing? Yeah, I like all OJ content. I do too. Yeah. I do too. What what the reason I like the, the ESPN thing, first of all, so long. Mm-hmm. So detailed. Yeah. I didn't know about that statue. The the Heisman or the the, the, the one the, the of him that Flavor Flav bought. Yes, that yeah. one. And and to hear about it's one thing, but to actually see it yeah. like they did mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Yeah, this guy's a narcissist. Totally understandable. Yeah. I mean, if I could play guitar really well, mm-hmm. I would probably be the biggest jerk in the world. Yeah. But if I could run through the NCAAs and all of the NFL and then have kind of a funny acting career mm-hmm. and have, I mean, Nicole was a total knockout. Yeah. Even, even at 30 years old, even her whole life, total knockout. And then all the other women that he had, I would probably, wouldn't it get to your head? Oh yeah, of course. Well, that's what he says. And if I did it, he's like, he takes one of those psychopath tests and he's like, do you think all eyes are on you when you enter a room? Well, of course they are. I'm OJ Simpson. Right. Yeah. Now you drive a white Bronco. Well, for the tour. But still it's a white Bronco. It's pretty cool. It has for a tour like this. It has to be. Um, What do you think about the the Bronco chase? Because greatest television premiere of all time. (laughs) Premiere. It sets the tone for the whole trial. And foreshadows OJ getting away with it all in the end. It's got the whole, it's got everything. It's got the whole, it lays out what the whole story is going to be right there. Who are the type of people that go on the OJ tour? Oh, all sorts of people. I mean, it's a big story and, and what's with the, the reboot a few years ago brought a whole new generation to it. Oh, that's right. Huh? Mm-hmm. Now that section where she died, she and um, Ron, uh, where, where they died there. It's kind of a busy part yeah. of, of Bundy. Mm-hmm. Where do you park? Do well, you park or do you just slow down and fuck up traffic? I pulled that. No, and no, I park right in front of it. There's always spaces usually. There's a parking spot? Yeah, on the street. Oh, I didn't know that. Or if it's filled like on a street cleaning day, there's a red zone just right, just a little past it. So I just go into that for two minutes. How much do you charge for this tour? 50 bucks. 50 bucks. A person. And um, how long is it? An hour. Do you go to the formerly Mezzaluna? Mm-hmm. Where else do you go? Ron's apartment, the Gretna where, Green condo. Where was Ron's apartment? On, um, what was it, Gorham? Just down the street. It's all right in that area. So you walk to work? Yeah. Do you go to the McDonald's? Yeah, that's where it starts. You know, that was my first job. Yeah, I think we talked about this yeah. when we did the, the helmet. Yeah. It starts there because he... There's a bathroom. He people used, need, he no, used people need to use the bathroom before tour. Oh! And then that is where he goes to dinner with Cato. <laughs> dinner. But like it, that, you don't like. I could do it without it starting there. You know, you that's can really pick up, you can really pick up the story at any point. But that's really genius to do it there. Yeah, and then if I want, like, I need like an iced tea or whatever. Like, there's food there. It just makes sense. You don't get an OJ. No, yeah, too much sugar. How do people usually find that you are doing this tour? Is it Google? Um, yeah, either organic search or word of mouth, or I'm on, um, Airbnb experiences. So I'll get like, it's like a referral kind of thing. And I pay a commission on that. 
Uh, okay, so where else? Where else on this tour am I missing out? And that's in the, the school. Oh, do you go to his former house? Yeah, of course. What's there now? The new house. Just a bigger house. Bigger house that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, it's that's pretty common in those neighborhoods to knock down houses and put up bigger houses. Um, but they knocked that one down pretty damn fast. Not till '98. When did this all happen? The murders were '94. I thought they knocked it down almost right away. No, it was four years later. Interesting. Uh, four years and a month, two months later. Yeah. I love how knowledgeable you are about this. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do, Adam. You're an incredible podcast guest. Uh, yeah, I do what I can. You're going to win governor. Thank you. Thanks you're, for voting for me. I appreciate it. You know, I didn't. I really do. You know, I didn't, though. You didn't? No. You said in your tweet that you were going to vote for me. No. I said, I said, uh, no, I, I said to somebody who said that they didn't want Gavin Newsom to win. Uh-huh. Who should I vote for? Uh-huh. And I said, vote for this guy. Oh, you didn't actually vote for me. No, because I don't <laughs> believe in this recall. Then who'd did you I, put for your second choice? Oh, wait. I guess I did vote for you. See, this is why we're in trouble, California. This is why we're in trouble. I would say this about I didn't about realize the, that I voted for you, but I did. It's a two It's two questions. But they're the wrong questions. Nobody gets it. Nobody understands the questions. It's crazy. I'm sitting with you, and I didn't realize that I voted for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the recall process is a problem. Is there anything else that you wanted to say uh, before we... Uh, no, I think we've covered it. Before um, you end up in the governor's mansion? Yeah, well, I can assure you all that, that that's, you know, okay, that actually is how I, will, I do want to end it. People are like, hmm, what if you win? Wouldn't that be crazy? And I'm like, you fools, don't you understand? I can't win. Don't you see how the system works? It's only going to be a rich guy or another rich guy or maybe a rich lady if we're lucky. Maybe. And she could be, you know, crappy too. So, like, they like, I hope that that's the point is if like, if you liked anything I had to say today, um, I'm sorry to break it to you, but unless I become rich or famous or both, I'm not going to get into the governor's mansion. So support alternative candidates, support alternative viewpoints. If you agree with them, even if they're not against the mainstream, because as once there does become a conversation about this, that's the only way things are going to move forward. If everyone just thinks everything's hunky dory, then, then we have a problem. Will you run again? I'm actually thinking about running for state assembly in 2028. There's a, a seat that's termed out in the um, East Hollywood Glendale area. That's where a lot of my constituents live. Um, that's going to be that's going to be a tight race, and have I'd to, have to become a Democrat. Ugh. Do you have to move over here to do that? Yeah, but I have eight years, seven years. Oh, it's it's not for a while. Th- that's when the seat is termed out. It's, Otherwise, I'd be going against this apartment above me is uh, for rent. Oh yeah, how much is it? <laughs> Not a thousand bucks. Okay, well then there you go. <laughs> I will be staying in West Hollywood for the duration. Adam, thank you so much for spending time yeah, with me today. Thanks a lot. This is great. This has been great. Thank yeah. you. All right. Love you. <laughs> oh my God, wasn't that good? You know what else is good? Our Patreons who warm our hearts. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, God bless you. Here's a cup of coffee. Here's an Uber ride. Here's a month of hosting your pod on a website. Every dollar that you flow goes right back into what you're hearing now and helps us keep this insane thing rolling. Shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Allie Miller, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Emilio, Jamie Taylor, and George Wright. Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. 
By the way, we're starting a new thing. You've heard of angel investors. Those are people who give in early to stoke a new venture. This is a new venture. We're going to call our angel investors angelinos. Mm-hmm. To be an angelino, all you have to do is pay Palace 25 bucks or more, and we will list you on the Here in LA website forever. We also might give you shout outs on this podcast too, uh, if Jordan allows it. You will also be giving a number to denote how early you got in to make this dream come alive. For example, Angelino number one is Allie Miller. So just PayPal your hard earned cash to busblog at gmail.com and you too will be an Angelino. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and the spiritual gangsta, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. We usually put out new episodes whenever Jordan thinks it's reasonable. And when we do, we have a corresponding blog post that goes with each interview and can be found at hereinla.com. If you haven't been, I'm a little upset because I spent a lot of time on it. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo. Jen Adams for inspiring me to do this in Kim and Oz's backyard. Jordan for his incredibly great advice. And the Cubs for breaking my heart and giving me time to spend it on this. Don't forget to vote!